Crochet Circle podcast episode one. It's Friday the 1st of April 2016 and our first episode is called Knowing Me, Knowing You. This is our very first podcast and here we are in Faye's fantastic new girl office which is where we will be recording each podcast session. Welcome to Faye. Hello, the Scottish one. And to Lynn. Hello. <laughs> the not Scottish one. So the, the podcast that we've set up is called The Crochet Circle and it is fundamentally for crochet but with a little bit of knitting on the side because a lot of the stuff that we will be talking about crosses both crafts and we want to make sure that we have something for everybody but actually that we maintain really a focus on crochet above most other things. Yeah, the reason for that was that both Faye and I do listen to quite a few knitting podcasts and we did think, well, maybe, you know, there is a little bit of a gap for a nice crochet podcast. Um, a lot of the crochet podcasts are American, so we thought, well, we'll come with a new angle, a nice British, UK-themed podcast. So hopefully you'll consider the gap filled. The aim of the podcast is basically it's free and it's open to all crafters really. I mean, you may knit, you may crochet. Obviously, as Faye um, said earlier, it is mainly about crochet. But if you just craft in general and you just want something to listen to, you know, feel free to, to join in as well. Hopefully, we'll be providing a nice, informal, relaxed environment for you to join. We want to add value to the crafting experience. So... We're looking at providing a bit more of an insight into the industry side of crochet, so looking uh, to interviews with farmers and rearers, uh, spinners, hand dyers, manufacturers, designers, and through to pattern checkers, test crocheters and knitters as well. So really trying to cover all the aspects of the industry as well as the yarn side. So we'll be also looking at crochet groups as well and perhaps going around and interviewing people who go, who go to knit groups, crochet groups and seeing, well, you know, what is it that you come for? What, what do you get out of it? And just have a look at what they make and how often they meet up. Uh, another thing we'll be wanting to do is to share tips and tricks with you so that even if you've been crocheting for a long time, there's always new little things that you can learn and new, new tips and different ways to do things. So we'll be sharing those with you as well. We'll be sharing our reviews on crochet books and magazines. So each month we'll have a look at the crochet mags and we'll be looking at the projects in there and perhaps choosing our favourite project or one that we would actually make. And we'll be looking at yarn and sharing our yarn reviews. So at the heart of what both Faye and I do is sustainability. Both Faye and I are from a very similar background actually, which we didn't realise until recently that we were both worked in the waste management industry. So we have reduce, reuse, recycle um, imprinted in our brains, I yeah. think. So we want to encourage stash diving, yarn swapping, buying British, buying second-hand or unwanted yarn or gifting unwanted yarn and also looking at the charity knitting side of things. You know, overall, we just want to provide you with a nice little community for crocheters to join and ho hopefully spend an enjoyable hour listening to our friendly chatter. And what we promise to do is put a podcast out 
on the first Friday of every month. We don't want to overstretch ourselves, so we figured a monthly is a good place to start um, because we intend on doing quite a few live interviews. We, wherever possible, want to be able to go and interview the person face-to-face. -face. It won't be an interview every month, but we will try to get quite regular interview slots in and have a, f a few more already in the can ready for you to listen to in future podcasts. One more thing that we just want to say at the beginning is that Crochet Circle podcast is sponsored by myself as Lynn Rowe Knitting and Crochet and as Faye Dashba Hughes as um, Knit It, Hook It, Craft It. So all our opinions are our own. So we haven't been paid to, to say anything specific. It's just our own. It's just us. Yeah. We, we just wanted to bring value to crafters. So the podcast is free, sponsored by our companies, because that way we can continue to make the podcast free for you as well. So first of all, I uh, thought you might like to know a little bit more about ourselves. Um, so Faye, <laughs> you can go first. Who are you? What are you doing? Um, so my name is Faye Dashber Hughes, which sounds very ostentatious and is not. I was previously Faye Dashber, which is quite an unusual name, and my husband's last name was Hughes, and you know, nice enough last name, but I figured Dashper's just too good to give up. And uh, whilst he would have happily just taken on my name, I became Faye Dashper Hughes instead. So that's who I am. Until very recently, I worked within the waste management industry, as Lynn mentioned. Um, it was a really fantastic industry to work in, but I caught the crafting bug about 18 months ago and it's really gripped me. And so what I'm trying to do is bring along my understanding of environmental issues and impacts and waste management and apply that to the crafting sector that I have um, chosen to to set my own company up in. So it's Knit It, Hook It, Craft It. Feel free to go and find out a little bit more about me and what it is I'm up to, but you won't get a hard sell through the podcast. And what about you, Lynn? Who are so, you? <laughs> as we said earlier as well, I worked in the waste management industry. I, I've worked in the environmental sector for about 20 years, actually. So prior to waste management, I covered water quality and then I went into waste management. And then I picked up my crochet hook and my knitting needles maybe about eight or nine years ago. And a bit like Faye, I kind of got a bit gripped by it all and started to design my own bits and bobs and uh, managed to get a couple of patterns published in magazines. And it just went from there, really. I think I soon realised that perhaps I had a knack for designing and uh, I think it comes from the mathematical side of the work that I did. A lot of data manipulation and looking at number crunching and statistics and I just think perhaps the way that my mind works it lends itself yeah. really well to designing. I would agree with that. We're both quite methodical mm -hmm. um, and that definitely helps for especially in the stuff that you do with the, the design elements. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah it does. Basically I took voluntary redundancy when it was offered to set up my own business and give it a try and you know I haven't looked back I have to say I'm so so busy which is fantastic so I don't only design crochet and knitted items I also proofread and do tech 
editing work for various publishing companies and magazines, which I really enjoy. You're a jack of all trades yes. in the knitting and crochet yeah, industry. I think you have to be because I think if you if you focus on one strand and then maybe there isn't a lot of work around, you have to have something else that you can then pick up and think, okay, I'll do this this month. I'm focusing on this. Or, yeah. Um, so yes, I've had two books published by now, so that's really exciting. The first was a knitting book, it was called Fun Hats, and the second book is my Once Upon a Time in Crochet, which is a fairy tale amigurumi crochet book. It's really good. I've done the, the frog from it. The content is lovely and the patterns are really easy to read and it's, a, it's just a fab, it's a good fun book. Thank you, and we will have a copy to give away, a signed copy, so that will be our first giveaway, will be a copy of my Once Upon a Time Crochet book. We'll, we'll put that in the, how to enter in the show notes. Yep, and I also blog um, as The Wool Nest, so I'm also called The Wool Nest. <laughs> yeah, it's the place where I work from, it's um, the room at the top of the house which is full of yarn and at the moment it's very messy because I was looking for uh, some crochet hooks before I came here today so I'm kind of hoping that my husband doesn't venture up there today. I have a feeling that he will think oh I'll go and put this away, this bag that's down here, I'll go and take this yarn upstairs and uh, be helpful. He'll be caught out. He'll be opening the door and he'll think oh goodness me what's going on in here. My lot know just never to enter where my stash is held but that brings me on nicely What's your family life like? So I'm married, and I don't know if you know this, Faye, but my maiden name was Hughes. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was really <laughs> disparaging my Hughes. <laughs> you said that, I thought, oh, I don't think Faye realises that my maiden name was Hughes as well. So another thing Excellent. that we have in common you're is Hughes. Yeah, Hughes. So maybe I'm related to Matthew. Yeah, probably. To, I'm sure all Hugheses are somehow related. Yeah. So yes, I'm married to um, my husband, Alex. God, we have three children. So Kate's an artist by um, trade. Pretty good artist yes, as well. Yes, she is. She is really, She's incredible. really talented. So I'm really proud. She's really inspiring as well. So I look yeah. at her work a lot and get quite a lot of inspiration from it. She has some great ideas. And Isabel is, or we call her Izzy, she is a dancer. So she's a professional dancer. So again, really creative which is nice. And then Oliver, our youngest, he's 14, so not sure what he's going to, you know, what path he's going to go <laughs> down. But he's, he's really laid back. He's a good artist, actually, yeah. but uh, it's not his thing. So, yeah, he's really laid back and such a lovely, lovely boy. So, yeah, I feel lucky to have my three lovely children. In your nest. Yeah, <laughs> in the wool nest. <laughs> And how about you, Faye? How, what's your family life? I'm... 38 now, I'll be 39 this year, and I met my husband just about seven years ago, actually probably seven years almost to the day. We've been married for six years this July. We just struck it off immediately actually. Um, so we lived together in Cheshire, just outside Sambach, and he has a daughter from a previous marriage, but Evelyn lives with us. She will from now on be referred to as Baby Bird because that's her <laughs> household nickname. So yeah, the three of us live together and we've got a lovely house and just we've got quite a nice life. We work really hard 
and, and we really enjoy life. We're very positive, upbeat people, and and Baby Bird's quite creative. We're actually, I've stolen her podcast microphone to do this podcast. She said I could this morning, so she's got her own podcast on the go. She's into cosplay and manga and anime and she's massively interested in Japanese culture and she's currently doing um, games development at one of our local colleges so creative in her own way so yeah that's that's my little that's my little setup in life yeah I can confirm that Faye has a lovely house <laughs> and I can also confirm that she works really hard because actually when I came last a couple of weeks ago last Friday her office was you know just still a garage yet today it's it's been transformed, it's absolutely yeah, amazing. I'm, I'm so chuffed with it. Yeah, it's a really nice space. So what sort of things do you like to craft, Faye? I'm, I'm going to do this quick fire. I crochet, crocheted for about 18 months, I knit, knitted for about 12 months. I've done cross stitch for years and years and years and tapestry. Um, and they are my main crafts, but I would also say I count these as crafts. I garden and I bake and I cook. I like things are quite formulaic so I think that's why I like all of those elements because it's chart reading or there's method behind it and you have to be quite precise with those things and I'm sure that's why I'm drawn to those things and also um, colour plays a big part which will become very evident in my pattern reviews out of the magazine because I'm massively drawn to specific things. What about you? So I crochet a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot. I also knit a lot. I kind of feel sometimes a little bit like my crochet hooks and knitting needles are just constantly attached to the ends of my arms. Yeah. <laughs> a bit like Wolverine. I should explain though, this is because Lynn does an awful lot of work for the crochet and knitting magazine. Mm. So pretty much if you pick up a magazine within those crafts you will see a design of Lynn's or you'll see her name in the tech editing side of the magazine. So she is a very busy lady. She's not, you know, just sat in front of the <laughs> TV <laughs> crocheting with her feet up. She's often got steam whizzing from her elbows. I'm often doing two or three things at once. I, yeah. to, I mean, there's not a lot you can do when you have to physically knit a sample or well, crochet a sample. You, know what, you should start trying with your feet as well and you yeah. can be on a double project. I do sometimes um, move around when I'm knitting, you know, when I'm working, let's call it works. So yeah, rather than just sit on a chair, I might try and do a little bit of exercise. Again, we'll talk more about the possibilities of exercising whilst yeah. you're crocheting uh, in another podcast. But yes, I do a lot of knitting and crochet. Unfortunately, most of it is work-related, so I don't get a great deal of time to make things for myself, which is a little bit of a bugbear of mine, and I would like to remedy that yeah. because, you know, I just have so much yarn at home. And I just don't get the chance to turn it into something really lovely. And For, yeah, for you as well, because a lot of your commissions yeah. have to go off and be sent off to the magazines yeah. and you don't get them back. Well, I do get them back sometimes, okay. but even, if, even so, they're not always the, the colour that I would choose. Yeah. You know, they, they might be beautiful colours and nice yarns, but maybe not quite my colour scheme. Yeah. So I tend not to then use them anyway. I'm not that great at baking, I have to admit. I wish I was and I would love to be. Izzy, my daughter, makes the most amazing cakes. Um, they really taste lovely and they're gluten-free. Yeah. But for me, pff, 
they often end up in the bin. So again, <laughs> when it's my turn to bake at knit group, at wool gathering, it's okay. I had to stop off on the way because my cake ended up in the bin. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I turned up with a home, without a homemade cake, but with a shop-bought one instead. I also run a crochet knitting group called Wool Gathering Sandbatch and we have, <laughs> it's a thing called the Cake Tin of Doom. <laughs> we meet um, on an almost fortnightly basis and you take it in turns to get the Cake Tin of Doom and then it's up to you to bring the bacon, but short bought is absolutely fine. I do try to avoid the Cake Tin of Doom. <laughs> I don't. Because <laughs> it really is a Cake Tin of Doom for me. Oh, oh no. I, I may have had uh, two fairy cakes last night's Wool Gathering. They were very tasty. So, final part of the getting to know you section is why we wanted to do the podcast. And we've mentioned the fact that we thought there was a niche there to do a crochet podcast. But actually, for me, it's a bit more than that. Lynn taught me to crochet and knit, and we've got a really nice friendship out of that. And we're both very enthusiastic, positive people, and we generally want to bring that enthusiasm to other crafters and this seemed like a really good way of doing it through a podcast. We're going to keep it as audio and we'll provide visuals through photographs and po possible YouTube videos at some point in the future as well. So that's really why we started doing the podcast because it gives us a nice way of working together and for me also working from home now on my own it gives me a chance to work with somebody else rather than it just being me in my girl office <laughs> day in day out turning into a hermit. For the last week I have looked like that toddler that was allowed to dress itself in the wardrobe because <laughs> nobody comes here, nobody looks at me and I just look like a sight. So the photos you'll see in the show notes, that's effort today compared to toddler for you which has been appearing for the last week. <laughs> I, I'm the same, Faye. I have um, a pair of jeans that, uh, because I sit down a lot, <laughs> I have to feel comfortable. Yeah. So I had this favourite pair of jeans that I absolutely loved because they weren't fitted. They were quite loose baggy jeans, which is quite my style, yeah. to be honest. But they started to get holes in the knees, but I couldn't part <laughs> with them. So I used to sit with them with great big holes in the knees, and then you know, I don't know whether I lost weight or something, but then they'd fall down. <laughs> I think it was my neighbour, she was all dressed lovely, she was obviously going somewhere and I'm there with some tatty old t-shirt on. Like a teenager. Yeah, with my jeans falling down with my holes in the knees. Thinking, oh well it doesn't matter, I'm just in the house. I think I've scared the postman on quite a few occasions. Yeah, it's the uh, delivery drivers for me. But um, on to the next section which is called Whip Wall which is works in progress. Mm. Some people may call them uh, UFOs. Did you hear that? That was Lynn whining for good reason. <laughs> so the idea is for everybody that we interview, where, we, where we've got a decent amount of time with them, we will ask them how many works in progress that they've got and we can start to get an idea of how different people work. I hear tell of some people that just do one project, finish it, Start another project, finish it. That's not me, that's not Lynn. It's not me. So, <laughs> we thought it'd be really interesting to see how many whips people have got, how many UFOs people have got. And so what we're actually in the middle of doing is creating a physical whip wall. A bit like the um, the track times that they used to have on um, Top Gear. Yeah, it was Lynn's idea and I love this idea. <laughs> so we can show you where people are and, you know, it might be that somebody might want to keep us updated, anyone that we've interviewed, because they might not want to be at the top of our whip wall. But for now, Lynn is leading. 
so I talked to all of mine up last night in advance of doing this inaugural podcast. And I first of all thought, oh, I'm doing really well. I only have five. And then I found another one. I thought, well, six is still acceptable. And then I remembered another one. I went to seven. And then this morning I remembered another one. So I'm actually up to eight whips, of which three are crochet, one is cross stitch and four are knitting. It's not too bad and I've got some little ones in there. So one of the ones that I'm really proud of is my best friend Jenny, her little son, nicknamed Winky. You <laughs> may not thank me for that later <laughs> on. So we've been teaching Winky how to crochet. And so I devised this really simple striped scarf for him with some odds and ends and we post it between each other. So I'm looking forward to getting some photos back. If um, if Jenny lets me, I'll pop them up on the show notes so you can see Winky with his crochet along scarf. He's loving learning how to crochet. So I've got a massive um, size 10 hook that I was teaching him on. And then we've tried to take him down to a size 4 for the actual crochet along bit that we're doing. But he loves this thing of having a parcel arrive with a semi-done project that he can then have an input in and then post it back to me. And he just, he's really loving the concept. So that's lovely. But I've included that in the whips because it is still a whip. Yeah, it's a really, really nice idea. Yeah. Like and he gets something at the end of it yeah. and it will see him right the way up till he's probably 10, 11 years old. So yeah. we'll, we'll make it long enough that it will grow with him. And then the other one, and this is my guilty whip, is when I first started crocheting, I just went mad with yarn. That's never finished, because I just buy yarn all the time. But I found some really beautiful tweed on eBay. It was a job lot and I bought it all because I had the idea of a blanket in mind. And at the time, everybody was starting to do the Attic 24 mm. blankets, which I love, but the colours aren't necessarily for me. And I know you can pick and choose. But what I actually wanted was something that was more representative of the shoreline of some of the beaches that I've frequented in Scotland. And so I started it and I'm maybe about a third of the way through, but I honestly haven't touched this for a year. So as part of my dealing with whips within this podcast, I'll photograph it, I'll put it up in the show notes and this is going to spur me along to actually maybe once a week do a row and, and just slowly, bite-sized chunks, get through this whip and sort it out. I'm absolutely sure it's Rowan um, Tweed. It's not labelled at all, but it's gorgeous. It's got a lovely silky feel to it. And it needs to be used. It's just sat there. And it will be lovely. It will be perfect in the girl office when it's done. Something to wrap around my um, my knees or my shoulders when it's a bit chilly. But to not touch it for a year when I've got this lovely yarn and I've done so much of the project already is, is quite sad. So I'm on it. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point, Faye, because some time ago, maybe a, a six months, eight months ago, I kind of got to the point where I didn't want to go up into the wallness anymore. Which is quite that's sad. That's a tragedy. Was, I was just overwhelmed by all the things that were in there, yeah. the amount of yarn, the, the projects that I've got on the go, books, magazines, and, you know, I couldn't fit any more in there. And I thought, I'm going to have to do something about this. I yeah. really do need to sort this out because I want to go up there and feel happy and content and have a little mooch around. I can't mooch around because I can't physically yeah. get into the drawers. Well, you want to be inspired when you go yeah. into that space as well. So I 
thought, okay, let's get this sorted out. So I started a little campaign called Use It or Lose It. And every now and again, I'll blog about, well, yeah, I've had a good clear out, I've got rid of these magazines, blah, blah, blah. Whatever I've tried to do to reduce the amount of content in the wool nest. Yeah. Um, so whilst doing that, I did come across all of my works in progress, which <laughs> I have to admit came to 19. And that is a lot. That yeah. is really far too many things to be just half left in bags. So I think around about six of them are crochet yeah. and the rest are knitting. So I brought along today to talk about one of my very first crochet projects that I started, I think about five years ago. If I have <laughs> to be so honest, worse than me. I know. <laughs> I feel slightly redeemed now. And I had this idea that I'd make a really nice tweedy blanket because that's kind of me. Yeah, it looks lovely. Um, the colours are my colours, a nice dark green, lighter green, mid-green, then some sort of heathery colours, a little bit of beige and cream. And the yarn is really lovely yarn. It's Debbie Bliss. It's her Donegal Luxury Tweed Aran. So it's not cheap. No, and it's sat there. It's just all in a plastic bag and I have to be absolutely honest today, it's the first time I've picked it up for I don't know how many years. I didn't even realise I'd done so many squares. Yeah. So how, was... how far through do you think you are? Well, I think actually having looked at it now and, you know, not wanting to buy any more yarn because I yeah. do have quite a few balls left, I'm just thinking, well, why don't I just work out a nice pattern. I mean, a, a, the granny squares, it's just a really, really basic granny square. Yeah. Nothing nothing complicated. Uh, some of them are in one colour and then others are in rounds of different colours, but they all have the same final round, so they're yeah. the same colour on the final round, and you can still get that colour. Good. I've realised now that you can't actually get some of the other colourways anymore, so really that's not a good idea to leave things in your um you know, yeah for, to leave things for that long because you come back to them and you can't buy the yarn anymore yeah so it can all then be a little bit of a waste so not to waste this beautiful yarn i'm going to work out a nice plan put all the squares together just maybe crochet up a few more so that everything's all looking nice yeah i'm not very good at being ad hoc i'm not very good at just picking things up and oh, that'll go there I have to plan it out so yeah. I'll plan it out see if I need to make any more squares to match up and then I'm just going to crochet it together and get a board around it and even if it's just you know 36 40 inches by 40 inches that'll be fine and be a nice blanket to put on your knee it's a nice because we fight over blankets anyway <laughs> so it, you know we do need more blankets at home so yeah I'm just going to finish it off so that's my first work in progress that I'm going to try and finish off. So what you're not confessing to is you're actually at 20 now. <laughs> <laughs> because we went and did a workshop up at Black Sheep Balls. So on the whip wall, it's it's going to show Lynn at a mere 20. Oh, and so I'm at 8. Fast. And then we'll move it around. So month by month, we'll mm -hmm. photograph the whip wall, introduce any person that we have interviewed, and put their whips up there. But it, it might just give you a bit of a whip barometer you can see how many other people have got. So you can either feel really good about it or really bad or just not care. I've got 40 whips, that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. Some people just like starting and some people just aren't completed finishers and they'll never get to that point with every single project. I think it is good to have a few whips on the go because sometimes, if, for example, you're watching something on the TV that you don't yeah. want to take your eyes off, 
like The Walking Dead on Monday. <laughs> so I have yeah. a specific project that I would work on whilst watching The Walking Dead. It would probably be knitting because I can actually knit without having to look at what I'm doing. Yeah. So I can actually watch and knit at the same time. Whereas other programmes that I might watch, I don't mind. I don't have to stare at the TV. I yeah. can just listen and work. And so it's fun. Yeah. So yeah, good idea to have different whips for different times, yeah. sitting on the tray, you know, things you can just grab and pop into your bag and they're small and portable. Yeah, I agree. And I, I quite like being able to shift from one to the other. But in my mind, I've always had it that five is a good number. Mm. No, I'm not upset by any means, but I'm a little bit uneasy with the fact that I've got yeah. eight. So what? I'm going to be beasting. One of them is for Edinburgh Yarn Festival, which is next uh, weekend. Okay. So we're recording this podcast actually on the 11th of March, but it won't be going out until April. And I'm off to Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Just be aware that for this first podcast we're a few weeks behind when you're listening to it potentially um so one of my scarves has to be done oh at least we're down to seven next time we record possibly six (laughs) i think i might unravel a couple of my whips so i might quickly get down the board a little bit but uh, yeah i'm going to look through each one and think well will i wear this if not then no point having it stuck in a bag i'll just unravel it if i'm not going to finish it. And you may as well liberate the yarn, use yeah. it for something else yeah. or give it away. We fairly regularly have yarn swaps at Wool Gathering Sandbatch because it allows us to just freshen up some of our yarn, get rid of some of the odds and ends or stuff that you're no longer going to knit or crochet with. Yeah, it might be it gets liberated to somebody else's stash. Yeah, I was really pleased last time because I think I took um, maybe 10 balls of Sirdar. It was a softy, the wasn't softy, it? The big softy, yeah. and it was in like a pale pink, which isn't really my colour. So I, I don't know where I bought the yarn from. I think they were literally one pound a ball or something. Yeah. And I gave them to one of the ladies at wool gathering, and the following week she came back with a cat bed. <laughs> little cat was sleeping the photograph on top yeah. of the. Yeah, I was really, really pleased. I thought, well, that's been stuck upstairs, I would say, for about seven years. I bet bought it when I very, very first started to, to crochet and knit again. So I was really pleased to see it being used. That brings us on nicely to stash, which is another mm-hmm. segment. So this is where we probably go in role reversal because I am horrendous for buying yarn. I, I may have issues. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. So I don't spend a lot of money on anything else anymore. So where previously I might have bought a really nice pair of shoes. You know, when mm-hmm. you dress yourself like a toddler, you don't need nice shoes. <laughs> so well, I, you don't go out of the house. <laughs> you don't go out of the house. Basically, hermits can have uh, yarn instead. <laughs> and so that's what I do. This is now my main. I know other people have referred to it as an entertainment budget, and I absolutely agree with that. Yarn is my entertainment budget. And I get so much more out of that than I would for going and doing other things. Matthew and I both love films, but I've become increasingly annoyed with the cost of going to the cinema especially when I pay £12 for a ticket our local cinema well our best local cinema is the Trafford Centre so the IMAX it can be £12 for a ticket to go in there Mm -hmm. and I sit there watching sometimes a mediocre film thinking 
that was a ball of yarn, <laughs> which is really bad, but that's how my brain thinks. So yeah, my stash is extensive, and in fact it's so extensive, it's called the Stash Palace. It is indeed a fantastic <laughs> Stash Palace. It's got a bit of everything in there, um, and I do go through it a lot. I walk into that room, which is in the house, it's not in the girl office, though I seem to now have a side stash in the girl office. <laughs> but I walk into that room and it's really inspirational, it makes my creative juices flow. I can see all the colours and I can smell the sheepiness and it just, it makes me so happy. It does it for everyone, my niece now refuses to stay in that room because she says it's too sheepy. The yarn might attack her at night. I'm actually... I'm really proud of all of that yarn that I've amassed. I know it's in a very short space of time, it's been 18 months, but there's been a very steep curve for me in terms of learning and learning what I like to crochet and knit with. So we will cover more stuff on Stash and we'll put photos up in the show notes because I just also think it's really interesting to see what other people's stashes look like. I, I love have a look and see what other people have got. And if I ever go to anybody's house from wool gathering, one of my first questions is, can I see your stash? Because <laughs> I'm just really interested to see what other people are up to and what they've got in their stash. It might be totally different from anything that I would purchase. And again, it's that creativity. It's just seeing what other people would make and what their ideas were when they bought that, that skein or ball of yarn. I think it's really interesting now and we all just have a totally different idea yeah. of what a nice ball of yarn is or a nice skein of yarn. Yeah. You know, we go to wool gathering and we're all using completely different types and colours and bright, nice earthy tones. It's just a whole massive mix of things going on. It's great. It's, it's fab. And we've got um, people at wool gathering who only ever use acrylic and that Ooh, sort of thing and they yeah. love it and they wouldn't ever want to move to using 100% wool and, or they might use a blend or a mix and then we've got other people at the other end of the um, spectrum that are using hand painted, hand dyed skeins of yarn and um, they, they wouldn't want to use acrylic for their own personal preference and it's it's not um, necessarily a cost issue either, it's just that mm. people have got their preferences of what they want to run through their fingers and for the style and the tension that they have and we, that's I think very well represented with all of the ladies that come to Wool Gathering Sandbatch. We've got a real array of crocheters and knitters and actually more of them crochet than knit as well which is yes, quite surprising. Quite, yeah, um, sure. I would always think it's the other way around mm -hmm. but when we did a hands up the other week I think it was only one of them that didn't crochet and mm. only knitted. Um, so yeah it's, it's interesting to see their projects and what they'll come out with and what yarns they'll use. So that's enough on uh, stash for now and I'm going to hand over to Lynn because we've got some really exciting news. Faye and I have been listening to different podcasts as I said earlier and just one day we were sat there and we said oh, you know we could do a podcast and both kind of were alluding to the same thing and we kind of looked at each other and said okay yes we could so this was like one day in the week so we said okay we'll have a meeting on the Friday. So Faith came round to my house and we sat down and we said, okay, if we do a podcast, how will it work? What will we do? What will we, you know, how will we make it interesting? And then we realised that on the Monday, so this was on the Friday, so not the Monday straight after, but the following Monday, we were going to a trade show. And we knew that various 
uh, designers and manufacturers and lots of interesting people will be there. So we're okay, we should take advantage of this situation. We're going anyway, yeah. so you know we're not creating extra miles. We're traveling there anyway. Let's see if we can interview a, a few people. So we sent a little message to Erica Knight and asked Erica if she would allow us to interview her for the podcast. And she said yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we were really, really excited. I'm thinking, oh goodness me, what have we let ourselves in for? We now have to interview Erica Knight and make ourselves, you know, appear presentable like, and yes. professional and, <laughs> and not looking like uh, <laughs> <laughs> So um, we were really, really pleased, to be fair, and uh, really excited too. So we sat down and worked through our questions and the angle at which we wanted to, to sort of come at, come at it all. And um, yeah, off we trundled to the trade show, feeling very nervous and excited. And yes, we interviewed Erica and it was absolutely wonderful. She's yeah. such a lovely lady and the daughter Arabella is lovely too. Yeah. Both Faye and I have worked in industry. We do really appreciate that time is you know, pretty tight for a lot of people, especially when you're launching a new yarn, you know, so for Erica to spend that amount of time with us, was, we were really, really pleased yeah. and appreciative. So what Lynn hasn't said is we were at that same trade show a year ago <laughs> and we stood and um, saw that Erica was on her stand and we were like, elbowing each other going, it's Erica Knight, it's Erica Knight, should we go and say hello? us like I've said this within the interview I don't want to be sycophantic but when I've started to crochet and knit and I was moving up from the more basic sets of yarns my next go-to's were Erica Knight and Rowan mm -hmm. so that's where I when I moved away from um, the, the acrylics that I was practicing on it was Erica Knight that I bought next as my standout brand that I love so to stand there going, it's Erica Knight, and then 12 months later, I'd be interviewing her for a podcast. And for her to be our first interviewee as well, we're just really chuffed, really chuffed about it. I think it was quite lucky that the previous year when Faye and I was kind of <laughs> still dithering, that Erica was actually busy with a lady talking and she she made it all agree to the interview she thought, <laughs> she those two us. strange ladies who want to interview me I think not yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but luckily we didn't and yeah. she did so we are, yeah it's a really lovely interview um, by the time you're listening to this podcast that interview has already been edited down and we will actually upload them both at the same time so although we're talking about it as something that's a future post we're going to put them both up and it's a really nice it's about 50 minutes worth of interview mm. and um, couldn't have asked for a nicer person to be our first interviewee and she very kindly also gave us some yarn to review which i guess we may as well do now yeah, because we we're talking about Erica's yeah. stuff so um, Erica was launching her studio linen collection um, so she not only is she launching the new yarn she also has a, a collection of garments um, knitted that are absolutely beautiful so yeah. they were all hanging up in the, the beautiful shades of this studio linen. It's skeins of 50 grams and it has a really good yardage on it so it's 120 meters per skein That's so good. You know, with four skis, you'd have 480 metres, which would make a really, really nice 
decent sized shawl. It's made up from 85% recycled linen and 15% premium linen and the 15% virgin content is grown in Belgium and spun in Italy. So it's hand wash only on the care instructions. It is dry cleanable and you can iron it on a low setting. Crocheted up swatch. So it's yeah, orchid stitched down at the bottom um, going through doubles all the way up into trebles and then shell edging it's called. Um, we, we also did a knitted sample as well so that we have both to, to compare and it, with the knitting it is really really soft and drapey and yeah. it's like a nice sort of almost, um, it's matte but it does have a, there is a, luster a little to it. bit of a luster to it yeah so and you can see that more I think once it's knitted up. Um, so it has a, a wonderful drape to it and all the, the pieces um, of the collection are really sort of drapey and beautiful. Just contemporary and absolutely amazing. Now with the crochet, you still do get that drape. Yes, you do. I think perhaps not so much with the double crochet because it is a, a shorter stitch. It yeah. does create a more firmer fabric anyway, no matter what yarn you use. But even with the double crochet, it is still a nice drape and I can imagine that this would make a nice top or um, a really nice scarf or a shawl. I, I, thinking, I think it could lend itself to anything yeah. to be quite honest with crochet. I was thinking a, a vest top, like yeah. a really summery vest top, um, you could crochet up quite nicely. It crochets quite quickly, you can use a 3.75 um, up to a 4mm hook. Um, for reference it was a 4mm hook that um, we used for the sample and 4mm needles for the knitting and it will always be our intention if we're reviewing a yarn for the podcast then we will do a crochet sample and a knitting sample because lots of people do both and you look at a yarn if you do both you look at a yarn and try and appreciate what it would be best for for both disciplines so we're trying to bring value and that's one of the ways that we think we can bring value and our intention also is to put each of those samples up so it'll be one for knitting one for crochet on Ravelry on our group which is called the crochet circle podcast that way you can go in, you will be able to download the pattern that we've used for those samples. And they won't differ much because we can't create too much work for ourselves. Um, but it will give you a very good set of photos so you can actually really look at the yarn in detail, see the stitches that we've done and give you a better idea of what you might use that yarn for. Well, if you haven't seen Erica's Linen, and I would suggest at this point, if you're listening to this podcast quite freshly from us putting it out, then the chances are you haven't set eyes on it. I'm kind of comparing it to a two, couple of others that you might have come across. So there's Rowan's Pure Linen. It's really quite different from that. The mm. Pure Linen is very luster-based. It's got quite a lot of fibre, halo coming off it, but also it's quite a flattened um, yarn. Whereas Erica's is beautifully rounded, really nicely um, spun, and it is, it's really lovely to work with. It's probably slightly closer to Rowan's Creative Linen, which is 50% linen, 50% cotton, but I would say nicer to work with. Mm. I, I think this stuff is lovely, the colour palette is gorgeous, it's very muted, as you would expect from Erica's range. She, she does um, bright but muted colours colours of the linens are gorgeous. If you like those really bright, bright, vivacious colours, then this possibly isn't the direction for you. But if you like the more muted tones, then I would say this is a really good go-to brand. 
I think when I was knitting, because um, we finished off these samples last night yeah. at uh, wool gathering, so um, I did think it, it just slides through your fingers. It's, it's beautiful. really lovely. Although uh, the only thing um, that Faye said when she first started to knit with it, that you were using uh, rosewood. rosewood also, and it was a little bit slippy, so you changed to bamboo. And, it... and again, you'll see on the show notes the hooks that I've used and the different needles that I've used. So that will be part of the reviews that we give. If we've changed tools, we'll show you what tools we've changed to and we'll tell you why it is that we've made that change. Because, you know, there, there were, to me, there would be nothing worse than us saying, go and use this yarn, it's amazing. And then um, not giving you the background for what it is that we've actually knitted it on because it's so different. That like if I was to do that on metal needles, oh, not a chance, it just yeah. would have flown off. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a massive bamboo needle fan, but I had to move to bamboo for the knitting of that square. Yeah, I often use bamboo, um, switch to bamboo for, yeah. for certain types of yarn as well. But it was a standard steel hook that I used for the crochet sample and it just was so lovely. And actually having done both, I would say that my preference was to crochet in this yarn is, yeah. because it is quite slippy and with the crochet you've got that natural um, hook that it's on so it's not going to go anywhere um, and it, it just crocheted up beautifully. It didn't um, it didn't split when it was crocheting, it was, it was just lovely. Yeah, I can't wait to um, give it a try and have a crochet, play. yeah, I can have a play. And we might have some good news, um, we'll put it out with Eric and I interview, but there might be some nice giveaways. So, you'll, I'm sorry, you'll just have to listen to the next <laughs> the next podcast. We'll, um, we'll give details of that giveaway then. Yeah, so that, that's um, our review of Erica's Studio Linen. We also have a few more reviews to do. We thought each month it might be a good idea for us to round up the crochet magazines that are available. So, we have three or four crochet magazines, a couple of which are dedicated to crochet and a couple which are knitting and crochet. So we have Inside Crochet, we have Simply Crochet, then we have Let's Get Crafting which is knitting and crochet and we have The Woman's Weekly Knitting and Crochet. And we also have had a little sneaky peek of a brand new uh, crochet magazine called Crochet Now and this is brought to you by the same company, Practical Publishing, that also do the Knit Now magazine. So we've had a little look at that, so again we're going to just um, give you a little flavour of what's going to be included in that magazine. And so what we thought we'd do for each magazine is have a look through the designs and the articles that are in the magazine and just perhaps pick out our favourites, things that we would actually make. So we'll give you the issue number so you, um, you know what you can go back to and also we'll let you know whether it's available digitally because, you know, if other people listen to our podcast and it's not just Lynn and I and, you know, hopefully there'll be a nice little community that builds up, that community might be anywhere in the world so the digital content is really quite important so we will list out issue number and whether it's available digitally just so you know if you really like a pattern then you can go and get it. If it's not available digitally then we'll let you know whether it's available on Ravelry or not. Yeah a lot of the magazine companies do actually um, put all the projects onto Ravelry so if you're a member of Ravelry you can go and um, have a look at all the projects in that particular issue and if you think oh yes you know there's three or four projects that I'd really like to work on then you know you can hopefully 
get the issue from the newspaper um, shelves or you can buy a digital version online. Which one do you want to start with? Um, so what we have in this issue, again, lovely issue of Inside Crochet, issue 75. I like a couple of things in here. I like the pom-pom shawl. Yes, I've marked that one out as one yeah, that I like. Although um, I would do it without the pom-pom because I'm, I'm not actually a pom-pom fan. Yeah, so I, I quite like the little sort of, it's like a bobble, I think it's a bobble edge really. Yeah. Um, it's a Vicky Brown is the designer and it's crocheted in double knitting and it's kind of crocheted up in a, a tweedy um, yarn. So yeah, just up my street really and I really like the colour that she's used. Um, so that, that's my favourite from from the, the magazine. But I do also like something else in the magazine. It's a monthly column by Rachel Atkinson. Yes. And it's about her um, pattern collection because I absolutely love vintage pattern. I do have a little collection which I'm trying hard not to add to. Uh, but I, I just love the photography and the colours and yeah. just the setting and the style of everything. It just makes me smile. Okay. The bits I really liked about Inside Crochet Issue 75 were there's something called the Contemporary Cushion, which I actually started last night at Wool Gathering, which is basically um, Intarsia Crochet, which I'm not getting on particularly well with. So I'm going to be picking Lynn's brains yeah. on that and just trying to get some pointers on that because the, the cushion is beautiful and I already have cotton sat in my stash that I want to use mm -hmm. and the cushion will end up in the grow office as well. Um, so I'll take a photo of how where I've got to so far and what my problems are with it and then hopefully Lynn can give me some direction, you know, me being a, a novice crochet and all and then I'll put some photos up hopefully next month that show you know what I've managed to do with that so I'm not just going to whip it I'm not just going to um, unravel it I I want to yes, determined yeah. to do yeah. this because I really like the cushion it's very it's actually named contemporary cushion but last night's efforts are not doing it justice. Probably not um, the best project to take to, to somewhere where, you know, like wall gathering where yeah. everybody's chatting and, and there's cake can't to be, yeah, lots of cake and <laughs> tea and yeah. what have you. Because I think within Tarsia Crochet there are a few rules that you yeah. need to just know about. And so, I, yeah, I definitely don't want those rules um, based on last night's efforts. So we'll look at that. And, and we, we can share. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's just a few tips. bullet points, yeah. we'll get those tips off onto the show notes. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, look, helpful podcast. Yeah, yay. And then there was, um, I don't think I've already mentioned it, but a really nice interview with Kelly Lord at Toft. I like Toft as a brand. Mm. British made, it's alpaca. Kelly's clearly very passionate about what she does. I've been down there and it'll suck hours of your life going to Toft, but they're very enjoyable ones. You can walk around the farm, you've got an amazing cafe and you can just like dive into lots of alpaca goodness. So that was a really nice interview. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I am a fan of Inside Crochet. Yeah, me too. And next up on the agenda, we have Simply Crochet, which came with a little free um, cushion and throw booklet. So we have issue 42 of Simply Crochet. We have quite a lot of Easter makes in this issue. It's a, 
a lot of Easter content. Yes, yeah. Um, what they tend to do with Simply Crochet is they have like a little section on at the front where all the projects, there may be half a dozen projects are made with the same yarn, which is quite nice actually because sometimes you can buy even 50 grams of yarn, but if, it, if the ball's 100 grams and you're just making something really small, you just end up with lots of yarn left. The idea behind this, I, I, I think, I don't really know, is that, well, you could actually you can buy a ball of each colour and make two or three different projects. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bit of a sucker for novelty makes. <laughs> oh, <are you>? yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but they make me smile so much. I and they make people good. smile. And I know some people think, oh, why would you knit a cake? That's ridiculous. But, you know, it makes you smile. You give yeah. it to someone. It's like, oh, wow, I need a cake. <laughs> I think I'm a bit more utility. <laughs> <You are. laughs> oh, so, you know, I like those little amigurumi shelf buddies I actually really like those I think they're cute and they're quick and children love them I mean yes. when you know you're walking around the supermarket or you're out for the day you look at a child and most children are cuddling some sort of toy they're absolutely the, they're the best friend they keep them forever if they can if they don't lose them and oh, even better if it's something handmade if it's something handmade even better um, so yeah for me sort of little novelty animal -y things and bunting something about knitted and crochet bunting that I really I, I think well. we need some um, crochet circle we do. Yeah, we do. So we'll, we'll, we'll share that with you. And although I've said utilitarian, I actually really like the lamb boot toppers. Yes, yeah, um, well, but they're useful, Faye. They're useful, you but know. I, do you know, I wouldn't use them as boot toppers, but I just have like random lambs dotted around the come <laughs> off as they're on page 25. I really, I really like them. I absolutely love the little caravan. I mean, I've seen this on Facebook and Twitter, the little picture of the caravan quite a lot, maybe about a year ago. So now that you can actually make it yourself, um, I think a couple of months ago in Inside Crochet there was a crochet barge from, so is it Go Camping? I can't remember. And now we've got a little caravan with a little Playmobil people. It's just amazing. Oh, how cute. So I, I do like those. I also um, like the article which is, talks about crochet and well-being um, and how Crochet can be restorative, it can alleve, help to alleviate chronic pain and help with depression and anxiety. I mean, not saying it would solve people's problems, but it helps because it just builds confidence. It makes people smile and feel proud of themselves and it can lift your spirit. I think, you know, I've made that. There's a lot of information available online about mindfulness yes. and crafting. Not, not specifically just crochet or knitting, although that is quite often referenced but just how good it is for you. Yeah, and I, and I quite like, um, they always have workshops in the back of Simply Crochet yes. as well. And this month it's Broomstick Crochet. It produces a really nice um, fabric. It's yeah, we quite, did that in your course Yeah, we actually. did, didn't we? Yeah. yeah, we did well, didn't we, with we that? Did. Yeah, so that, that's uh, some nice little things in Simply Crochet this month. I quite like the yarn review that they mm. had as well on page 79. Um, they're based on new season yarns, but they've deliberately picked out colours that could go with the rest of the flavour of the magazine. They're quite bright, they're quite Easter, kind of spring and sprung type colours. Um, and some nice unusual yarns that I wouldn't have otherwise potentially looked at. Mm. So if we move on to the combined knitting and crochet mags, um, we have Let's Get Crafting and I have to say I've kind of had an involvement with Let's Get Crafting for probably about 
seven years now. They were one of the first magazines to publish a cake. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like knitted all so about much. the cake. <laughs> so yeah, I've kind of worked for them a lot, really. The magazine you get with it free balls of yarn so they're usually six different colours I think each ball is about 20 grams and a nice combination of colours so there's usually a theme it could be bright or blues or pinks or you know a nice mix greys but all of the projects within the magazine can be made out of all of those six balls of yarn or maybe just a couple so you can potentially make a couple of projects with them they're acrylic usually a double knitting so you can stash dive quite easily not necessarily using the free yarn but just using your own yarn but also stash. really helpful if you don't have a stash and your mobility isn't that great and that might be either um, health reasons or you live in the back mm -hmm. of beyond you don't have a local yarn shop we used to travel 50 miles to get to the cinema Wow. If we wanted to go and do a proper like clothes shop, it was actually easier for us to go to Belfast and go to Northern Ireland than mm -hmm. it was to go anywhere else on the mainland of Scotland. So actually that's a really good option for people that don't have a stash and can't readily get to go and buy wool for different projects and they just want little projects to keep them on the go. Yeah, I think it's great for beginners as well because you know you don't necessarily always know what type of yarn you want to buy or what type of yarn is going to be best for a particular project. So it's just a nice way to practice without spending lots of money. You get the yarn with the magazine and most of the projects are pretty straightforward and they're yeah. nice all written in a, in a good way so that beginners can understand them. So my favourite, I think, has to be the little slip stitch chicken. Very cute, it's because on the front Because it's a page. really good design. I like the stitch itself. So yeah, little chicken. I don't think I'd make it, I have to be honest. And there are some really cute little Easter chicks as well, which are very cute. Again, maybe I wouldn't make them just because I probably wouldn't have time. But there is a really useful stitch library as well at the back. There's some really nice mandalas as well which I would Lovely make and, bright. and you know put them up on the wall so yeah there's just a huge amount of choice really and finally um, on the actual magazines we have here we've got the Women's Weekly um, Knitting and Crochet which is again a monthly magazine and there's usually a focus at the beginning of the issue on garments so often there might be a man's sweater ladies sweater cardigans and this time we've got men's children's and ladies garments so nice section at the beginning about garments and then on to kind of smaller projects that may be knitted or crochet so i think my favorite thing in this issue is the flower bed but it's just really pretty it uses dmc i think it's woolly I'll just check, yeah, DMC Woolly, which is comes in just a massive it does, array of beautiful colours. So yeah, that, that's nice. And also, Erica Knight has her stripy cushion in there, and that's an extract from her book. It's a nice magazine as well. Excellent. Faye can chat maybe about the new magazine. Yeah, so now. we got it as a digital download. It was one of the other benefits actually of going to the trade show that we interviewed Erica at was that we also got to see Hugh, who Lynn has an existing working relationship with, and Hugh um, agreed to let us have a digital copy in advance. Um, I think it's due out 
27th of March. 27th of mm -hmm. March. So by the time this goes live, it should actually be on your supermarket shelves. It's called Crochet Now and it is going to be every four weeks and it's £5.99. I was really impressed with the content. Mm. Nearly 100 pages and I easily picked out five patterns that I would want to crochet out of there. So there's a really nice lace trail cardigan, which is Cat Golden's. Um, there was a baby rattle that I thought was really, you know, coming back to my utilitarian. It looked nice, it was sludgy coloured and it was useful. And uh, I really liked that. So I might have to make one for my friend's other baby. Mm -hmm. And also there's the Jane Crowfoot crochet along, a nice one there. And there was a good article on crochet cheats for cables, which I thought I've not done cabled crochet yet, so that will be my go-to. I'll go and buy the physical copy and that will be my go-to for just finding a quick and easy way for doing um, cabling and crochet. So I'll be learning a new skill with that as well. And yeah, there's there's this thing at the back called the Yarn Stash Diaries. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I wonder who's doing that. Somebody who's A got a stash and B has got to use it or lose it campaign. <laughs> So, you know, in all honesty, it would be difficult for us to review anything that Lynn hasn't been attached <laughs> to or working with. But that, to me, that's the beauty of the podcast, is that you are very firmly rooted in this industry, in the crafting industry, crochet and knitting. And I'm not yet, I'm a newbie to this, both with my company, but also with my crafting skills. I can cross-stitch and tapestry till the cows come home, but I'm very much at the learning stages. So... From the podcast point of view, that's ideal. But what that does mean, well, I think it's ideal. What it does mean is that when it comes to us reviewing things, you've had quite a few touch points, one of which being that Lynn has got a column in Crochet Now's magazine on a monthly basis. So you will always be able to turn to Lynn and see what else it is that she's been up to. But it might be that I do more of the review on Crochet yeah. Now because that way there can never be an accusation that you're fielding towards one magazine rather than, yes, rather than the other. Yeah, I mean, I, I need to kind of just provide a nice balanced overview, you know, and I don't really want to just talk about myself. That's not the point yeah. of the podcast. So, yes, I, I've actually got projects in all of those magazines. I've just reviewed or I take edit for them, but that's not what I'm talking about. So I ha I haven't picked on my own projects, yeah. I haven't even mentioned them, but you know, that's fine, I don't want to. The idea is that we just provide a nice overview, point you in the direction of Ravelry where you can look at all the projects and if you like them, you can go and buy the magazine. Yeah. It's as simple as that, really. And I think the other side to pull out of that, because it seems um, timely to do so, is the reviews that we will do for magazines or books or yarns will be 100% truthful. And then if they don't like something, they will say that they don't like it. And we will try and pull out the positives about everything. Mm -hmm. But if there's something that we think is an issue or might be an issue for certain people, then we'll, we'll pull that out. We're not going to say something's wonderful if we don't think it's wonderful. And equally, I'll try and not be too kind of effervescent and bubbly about things. Yeah, it will be a truthful review and we'll try and make it as, as balanced as possible. So I really look forward to seeing the hard copy of Crochet Now, actually, yes. because for me, and this is quite daft, but the look and feel of the paper um, means quite a lot to me, whether I, I want to pick it up and feel it, and I particularly love something that's got a recycled content and that, that matted feel to it, that, that feels better. And I don't mind buying hard copies because actually they get passed around wool gathering sandbatch, they get reread many, many times mm -hmm. over. 
by lots of different people and people will pull patterns out. So they're a long time in the system before they actually go to the recycling bin. So I, I have no issue. And I would struggle, personally, I would struggle to do stuff digitally when I reviewed the Crochet Now one, uh, although I'm, I'm sure it wasn't in its optimised format for me. Yeah, it's, ju it's just not how I do my reading. But for lots of other people, that will be perfect. And just a quick note on that, basically all of the magazines and that are available on download, you can usually get them through one of the following pocketmags.com, the Apple App Store, Google Play, Amazon, Noble or Zinio. So we're on to yay or nay. Lynn, what do you have? Do you have a yay or a nay? My yay, yay, was when we were sent the link to Crochet Now yep. by uh, Hugh Metcalf. Uh, excited to see my column on the back page so it's something I've wanted to do for quite a long time it's kind of lived in my head and now it's in a magazine that, so that's and it looks good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to, to that as it progresses throughout the yeah. year I, I think it's got good structural content yeah. as well that it's useful yes. rather than just a this is what I've been up to it's really yeah. good nay is that mm, sometimes when I'm working on a commission and I design out what I'm going to do, it doesn't always quite go to plan. And I've just been working on a commission that should have taken me a really short amount of time. It should have been really, really simple. It's only a simple thing. Yeah. And it just, I kept doing it wrong. I kept getting the lace pattern wrong and I had to keep unravelling it. And it just took me like a day and a half instead of a few hours. So I'm really far behind now because I have another little bit to do, a separate little bit, and I need to post it tomorrow. And it's now <laughs> quarter to four. You're going to be a busy late <laughs> tonight. Late tonight. tonight. You're going to be burning. Yeah, so that's my day that is not um, sticking to my time scales very well. Okay. My knee, I'm going to go knee first because my knee is so ye. It's fantastic. <laughs> so my knee is when we were flicking through the magazines doing the reviews and all the Easter stuff was in it, it reminded me of one of my absolute crochet, like, nay. It's so bad. I really like the idea of doing stupid hats for my eggs, but I'm a very tight crochet and knitter and I'd used the right yarn, the right hook size, hadn't checked my tension, which maybe I should have done. So one's got a pair of bunny ears on it didn't work because it was so tight I couldn't really do the bunny ears and the other is just a really simple little hat with a mock pom-pom on it and they are so tiny they're probably more fitting for quail eggs rather than hen eggs but they stay in the kitchen and egg carrier because we take the mickey out of it and draw faces on the eggs and put the stupid hats on them so it's, like it's become a family thing so I'm going to post a photo up because you know you can have a little giggle at my uh, household and stupid egg situation with their stupid hats that don't really work as hats at all. So that was my knee, but my ye is I went to a well-known shop and they were selling off balls of yarn for a pound. And I won't mention the brand, but it was a very nice brand. Um, actually, two very nice brands. And I bought most of the stock that they had on the basis that I'm not buying anything else in 2016, but I saved well over a thousand pounds because it was all reduced down to a pound. So I only spent like just over a hundred pounds, but I saved a thousand, well over a thousand pounds because it was so greatly reduced and it was a, an absolute one-off, but it's two brands I love and adore. 
So you heard me talk about the Stash Palace. The Stash Palace now has an annex in the girl office and I have that side stash. Yeah, it's sizable, but lovely, lovely yarn and such a bargain. Shopping gods were looking down favorably on me, so I'm very happy to buy when that's the, the case. So yeah, that was my forget the name, forget <laughs> stupid Easter egg hats. Uh, I got a mega stash for such a good price. And the Scottish in me said, buy it. Buy it, buy it all. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So um, I think we're about to move on to Yarn Shop Day. Yeah, so this might be like a current news section of what's up and coming in the next couple of months. So um, we tried to have a chat with Sarah Neal, who founded Yarn Shop Day at the trade show, but we hadn't pre-arranged anything and Sarah was really busy. So understandably, we just to agree with Sarah that we do this by email which was fantastic so Sarah has been really kind in providing all the information for us. We asked Sarah how did Yarn Shop Day originate, you know what was the driving force behind it and Sarah told us that basically it was launched by the magazine Let's Knit and its sister title Let's Get Crafting back in 2014 so this will be its third year in 2016. Yeah. And it came from a wish uh, to do something to help the bricks and mortar yarn shops. A lot of small businesses, not just yarn shops, but they have been struggling really over the past few years to keep the businesses going, to get you know the footfall through the door. That this is mainly from challenges from the online stores or rising rents on the yeah. high streets, and also just competition really in general. So I think Sarah had seen that something called Record Store Day had a great coverage on the news yeah. um, and it was really successful in boosting independent record shops trade and I think she thought well why can't we do that for our yarn industry so that's how Yarn Shop Day came about which is great which is really she, interesting yeah and she says that last year um, over 200 stores took part and they're expecting there to be more this year which yeah. is really great news that they're going to be frequented by existing customers, potentially new customers as well, and all supporting bricks and mortar. So the idea is that on the 30th of April it is this year, yep. so on spe specified day, the 30th of April, you go along to your yarn shop, there will be lots of events happening, you might find discounts, competitions, there might be a knit and natter session, there could be free workshops, there might be a little bit of yarn bombing going on, book signings, yarn tastings, yeah. it just could be anything going on, lots of cake I imagine. <laughs> From last year's pictures that I saw there was lots of cake and tea and just lots of exciting things happening for me and yeah. um, a great place to go for the day. So we, we asked Sarah which shops go all out for the Orange Shop Day and she basically said put that back to the readers and this is what the readers voted as best. So they loved what Black Sheep Wools did in Warrington which is one of our local yarn shops. Um, also, Christine's Wool Shop in Bourneville and uh, Knit Nottingham, unsurprisingly in Nottingham, <laughs> um, they were the top three winners in the Best Drawn Shop Day experience. We also asked Sarah, you know, what was the best thing that you'd heard, but she said that an interesting thing was that one shop offered this. discounts <sighs> on a different brand of yarn. Every time they rang a bell, it's like, ding ding Okay, you know, now we have 10% off such and such. I would love all. that. Yeah, I mean, it just creates that excitement, doesn't it? When the bell going to ring, totally the next discount going to be. Encourage me to be in that yarn mm. shop from the moment it opened mm. to the moment it closed. I would be there all day 
with a flask of tea, handing out home-baked cakes of my own to keep the sustenance going, and I would, I would love that. I think I was um, at Abercorn Fabrics one year and they had a little bag and every time a customer bought some yarn or some sort of crochet related paraphernalia you'd put your hand in the bag and drew a button out and depending on what colour the button was you got something extra so you might get something free, you might get a percentage off. So there was some in there that had to, that were really good yeah. to get, like a gold button. Yeah. Just all buttons out I of love the shop. That. that was a really good idea. That's a really nice so idea. So not only did the yarn that I buy have money off anyway because it was yarn show yeah. day, I then got an extra percentage off. So wow. great. So we are actually probably I think going to be up at Black Sheep Wills for a yarn shop day. And just to see what's going on and they haven't yet released what their calendar yeah. of events is going to be but I know that they've got a busy one on, I know they're sorting it all out at the moment and it's one of the things that we also ask Edica about in the interview with her because she's an ambassador she for um, Lover Job Day mm -hmm. and she gives up what her plans are because she will be in a bricks and mortar store on the 30th so if you're within that area you might be able to go and meet up with Erica Knight and talk to her about and um, what she does. We, we had a brief chat with Sarah from Black Sheep and she seemed to say yes but we, we just need to firm it up really but we're hoping that we'll be there with the Crochet Circle podcast and we'll be just chatting having little chats with people just to capture the atmosphere so yeah. we can't get along to a yarn shop on yarn shop day they're not because Faye and I will bring the experience <laughs> we'll be to you. <laughs> um, yeah. We're also hoping to talk to Sarah and um, maybe a couple of members of her team at the end of the day to see on the flip side how was it for them as a bricks and mortar and online store. And then what we'll do is we'll follow up with the Let's Knit magazine with, uh, with uh, Sarah Neal and just show you where you can see all the photographs and all the things that have been going on um, which will be available on their website so if you want to find more about yarn shop day if you visit www.letsknit.co.uk and forward slash yarn shop day they're going to be putting maps up of all the stores taking part as the day gets closer they'll be putting more and more information yeah. on there so alternatively if you have a copy of let's knit it will be in there. in there now for the next couple and of issues. Yeah, I would say don't think there's not going to be anything near you. I had a quick look on the website for what happened last year. Mm -hmm. There's Ammonite Yarns, Ponticlon in Wales, the Wool Shop in the Bray in Nairn, up in um, quite far north in Scotland, Grandma's Attic, I love, Northern Ireland in County Fermanagh, and uh, Coastal Yarns down in Cornwall, Coloured Thread up in Cumbria. So it's not something that's just London centric no, or central belt centric not. actually it's really spread out mm -hmm. and the local yarn shops that get involved are really spread out as well so your local might be on there there might even be one on there that you don't know about go and, go and have a look on the website yeah fantastic and have a good day yeah let us know what you've been up to yeah if, if you get one with buttons or bells I definitely want to know because <laughs> that's the yarn shop I want to be at next what we wanted to do was round the podcast off on a positive note every time, so that's why the last bit is what's good. So, Len, what's good with you? What's good is that yesterday our new bed was delivered. I think the Harrison's beds that are or the mattresses are hundred percent natural, so you have like a winter side and you turn oh, it over and you have a summer side, um, and the, the the filling inside is is layered and the different according to the season, so. Yeah, we had a really, really good night's sleep last night. It was fantastic. 
because I get backache quite a lot. Yeah. So yeah, it was absolutely marvellous. And UK made as well. Yes, all UK made. Um, and all the sheep are reared locally. Um, if you look on the website, it tells you all about the story and and um, grow the flax and everything. So yeah, it's fantastic. Really, I was really proud to yeah. to own it. Yes. And you're going to need it for tonight once you've finished. I'm exhausted off. already, yeah. so yeah, I'll be, I'll be having a less sleep in it tonight than yeah. uh, I would like to. Get that commission finished and yeah. flop into your lovely new bed. I'll have a nice lying on Sunday. I'm currently looking out the window of my grow office into my garden and spring is springing. It's really nice to see. I've still got blossom on the cherry tree. Escalonia leaves are starting to grow, the other cherry trees starting to come, the grass has started to grow, blackbirds are out and it's just lovely to think that we're going to get a bit of heat back in the day, the rain might dissipate a little bit and that there's just good times around the corner with spring and summer and going into autumn. I think we're pretty much at the end of what we planned on discussing for today. hope you've enjoyed it, it has just been playing myself today but it's been the first podcast subsequent podcasts will have interviews spliced in so it won't just be us talking yeah we, we set this one up as a getting to know you session so you can know what to expect from us in terms of how formal or informal probably on the more informal stance mm-hmm. of our podcast style and um, what you can expect in future podcasts yes yeah, so thank you for joining us in the crochet circle hope you had a enjoyable hour or 45 minutes whatever it, it was whatever it pans out yes it is. and yeah join us next time go and press play on podcast number two and go and listen to the fabulous erica yeah hopefully we've inspired you to go and rummage through your works in progress and okay let's get these finished yeah, start on. something new thank you very much thank you mm-hmm.